establishing how I adapt. Well, we don't know. Oh. We are now. We committed. We're committed. I can press stop. He was talking about how Ben Hur was the first movie as one of our podcast recorders. My mom. His mom. Okay, Greg's mom. We can yeah. say his mom. Yeah. Saw in the movies. Oh. And it was theater. back when you couldn't go to the movies or join the union. Yeah. As his a mom went mean? to the movies and Larry was a union man. Yeah. So they got extra. No, well, no wonder you are the way you are. <laughs> but no. then we were talking about unions and how they're a waste of space. Yeah. Even historically. And I was like, well, I read it. Says the government employee. I read a. I, I'm not in the union. Yeah. I, I, well, I know. I, you don't need one. You work for the government. <laughs> I got out of it. I don't have to pay my dues anymore. Um, but the jungle. The read, jungle? Reading the jungle. Oh. From the meatpacking plants in Chicago in the 1800s. Greg was like, propaganda. That's what I heard. That what? was propaganda. And then <clears throat> if it was put forth by the meatpackers of the time, they can handle government regulation. Was that... The jungle, was that Sinclair. Up, Upton, Upton Sinclair? Sinclair yeah. Okay. And you're saying that book was propaganda. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. In order to introduce government regulation, which is too onerous for the smaller meat packers, mm. <clears throat> as the example I just gave about the guy who tried to set up his own facility but was shut down because he didn't have a private bathroom for the meat packing facility. Yeah. Which is right by his house. What do you need a private bathroom for? Yeah. You're just going to tree. Yep. It's it's wicked. <laughs> yep. Pee off the deck. Pee off the deck. That's right. <laughs> or then you yeah. then you mentioned child labor. Child labor. And I don't know the history of that either, but then I mentioned my parents and grandparents <clears throat> had to participate working in the field or things didn't get done. Yeah, so, the crop didn't get harvested, right? Yeah. That kind of thing. So I think... Evil forces, whatever. Or the bad guys wait. try to point out extreme cases right. in order to shut everything down. Yeah, when you say child labor, whoever's listening, like me, when you say child labor, is thinking Vietnamese sweatshops. Yeah. You know, Chinese sweatshops with little four-year-old kids running a sewing machine. Yeah. Right, for 14 hours a day. But that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about working in the field 14 hours a day so you can eat. Right, I am. In your own field. But I think child labor in the United States, the reason you can't hire a 16-year-old kid today to work 40 hours a week right. is child because of laws. child labor laws. Yeah, we should have another fellow right here talk about that. Right. Good old NG. He'd probably have a lot to say about this. I need some more letters filled in. <laughs> oh, okay, yes. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Yep. Well, how do, you, how do you raise good good boys and girls to be good men and women? Give them a job. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's kind of his philosophy. And I think some of the history, I'm guessing, would be, you know, eight-year-olds working in factories 12 hours a day. Yeah, that's no good. Is the problem. That's the problem. Well, people don't drive up and down the street kidnapping eight-year-olds to put them in the factory. Why is the child there working? Mm. You know, so there's deeper issues there. So would this be an instance where God doesn't make a law, we shouldn't make a law? That would that's what I would say. Like uh, what do you think about gun control? Well what does God say about it? Yeah. He doesn't say anything. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh huh. You know, <laughs> even in the law, is it? Uh, I, you didn't give me time to prepare for this one. First or Second Chronicles. There's children that serve in the tabernacle that aid the Levites and the priests. Mm. So they're young and they're and they're Levites, so they're gonna they're gonna grow up to do the same job. Mm-hmm. But they're working, you know. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's kids that work, and like you said, even in um, your parents and grandparents, they mm-hmm. had to work the field. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the whole industrial revolution is a very modern thing. Yep. Where dad goes to work, and mom and the kids get to stay home. Yep. Usually everyone's working. Yeah. Right. Historically. And if. And if an, if an eight-year-old was sent to the factory by their wicked parent, that could happen. But there could have been eight-year-olds who were doing their duty right. to keep the family afloat. Mm-hmm. Or eight-year-olds that wanted to work. My wife's grandfather, oh, I forget, he was maybe 11, maybe younger, when he got sent out to tend the sheep. Mm. And it wasn't for a few hours during the day it was for a period of time right yeah see ya a few days we'll see you yeah. in a few days yeah yeah well you hear stories oh god oh no just yeah you're thinking of the two different periods of time pre and post industrial revolution or even with your grandfather there's still like a I think that looks different than a sweatshop because that's what you think about which yeah. kind of would tie in what we're talking about with media telling a story is the story always true how much of it's spin and propaganda mm-hmm. and how do you because I mean I, I think about child labor from watching movies let's say like far and away you know, mm. eight, or, uh, eight, 1800s yeah. New York City we'll kids see, are all on the streets sick hacking it up then oh, they're Slumdog yeah Slumdog you know like oh yeah you know how much is it, how much of that is true especially when you go back in history I mean you could probably go over to India today and see the slums and go, okay, that's pretty true. Mm-hmm. That's pretty bad. Right. Yeah. But how fortunate, well, I mean, if they're, but how fortunate do a lot of them kids feel uh-huh. that they're able to work, that they have a job, yeah, and get money, and get some money, mm-hmm. just because they don't get paid the same rate we do. Right. It's bringing I mean, them up out of, yeah, from maybe poverty to close lesser to poverty. Yeah, lesser yeah. poverty. Poverty, which. Yeah, and I've heard that argument too that, you know, they make $3 a day over there. Right. Well, good, because they only need 25 cents a day to live. Yeah. Right? Right, yeah. Until, the cost of living is entirely different. Until yeah. the dollar skyrockets, it yeah. becomes strong and inflation crushes yeah. them. Yeah. Then the, it gets hard. I was going to mention you hear those stories of, the, you know, the generation before us. They would say things like, well, you know, my pa, he had a stroke. And I was nine years old, and I had to go out and run the farm. You know, you just hear stories. Uh-huh. Dad couldn't do it anymore, so I had to take over. Yeah. Or, well, actually, I had to drop out of our day school so I could get a job to provide for the family when I was 12. Mm-hmm. Like, quit going to school, get a job, because Dad broke his back or had a stroke. or yeah. you know, And you hear stories like that. Uh-huh. Um, and everybody should say, good for you. Mm-hmm. Like right. you and also... Where's your church? You know, how come they're not helping? But mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, imagine if you lost your job, what would we do as a church? Yeah, everything we could, right? I can't yeah. lose my job. But you don't it's, hear about government work. You don't hear about that really in those kinds of stories. Yeah. So, is there? Could there be propaganda in a Christian society? 
I mean, like we see today, where it's like almost bold-faced lies. <laughs> but is propaganda only deceptive? What do you mean? You're using propaganda as a negative. Yes. Is the word is the word and definition of propaganda neutral? Can there be good? I'm gonna Google propaganda. I suppose so. Um, yeah, when you're telling a good report of something or someone. Yeah, I mean, let's say the facts of abortion. Right. Like a like a gun. <sighs> propaganda. The definition I just looked up uses the word propagation in the definition. You cannot use the word that you're trying to define in the definition. The system, systematic propagation of a doctrine or cause or information reflecting the views and interests of those advocating such a doctrine or cause. Yeah. Well, yeah, Jesus is so Lord. Advocating for righteousness. Yeah, right. Yeah, That's quote-unquote propaganda. Mm -hmm. So what's poganda? Because po? pro is for. Pra. Yeah. Poganda. Poganda. You good, mean poganda. Paganda. Define paganda. Is that like the the girl in Boy Meets World? Do you remember her? No, that was Topanga. No, no I didn't. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I remember Topanga. You remember yeah. Topanga? I do, yeah. Aaron, you remember Topanga? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. Not paganda. I, I don't know where that word comes I from. I watch that show. I do have a, I have a dictionary in my office. I used to read a page a day. I got too busy. I can't do it anymore. But on the, the history of language, and each word has the history of uh, how it came to be. Uh -huh. And that's a great little book. Yeah. yeah. It's probably a lot of Latin. You should never learn that stuff because it's a dead what language. What does propaganda <laughs> mean? That's a it's just, it's just the root use. language for 80% of all the words that we have in our English dictionary. But. Yeah. Well, this is a definition. Propaganda is the physical material that's disseminated by advocates or opponents of a doctrine or a cause. Oh. That, that makes more sense. I like, I like that definition. Mm -hmm. the, the physical material that's disseminated. So it's just which reminds me of World War II, Hitler. Basically, <laughs> public rhetoric is propaganda. I suppose so. But, but your original question was... But most people take it in a negative sense. Oh, that's just propaganda. Yeah. Like, you're just lying to me. Mm -hmm. And in a Christian culture, you know, that would... Would that be punished by some type of law? Or would, you know, like MSNBC or something like that, it's like, would they just cease to exist because people are like, this is... I mean, Alex Jones gets such a bad name because of some of the, yeah, harebrained things that he might say. <clears throat> but people eat up MSNBC like it's it like, they're, like they're authoritative mm -hmm. and like they speak the truth. Because that's how we've been taught. Oh, MSNBC, they're real journalists. Right. Alex Jones is a, a goofball. Right. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's hard to know anymore. It's hard to, to be able to decipher between, because it's all, the narrative is, it's news is presented as hysteria. You know, it's presented as not just the facts, it's presented as a story. You yeah. know, it's presented as, yeah. and then you should get emotionally attached to this story and get angry or, yeah. I don't know. Well, wouldn't the Ninth Commandment prohibit lying? 
Yeah. Well, not, no, the ninth commandment doesn't prohibit <clears throat> lying. Or. Right, so the ninth commandment is you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That's a category of lying. Sure. So we would, at least I would say, if the Nazis knock on your door and you have Jews in your basement and they say, are there Jews in your house? You, you say no. That's righteous deception. There are no Jews, Jews here. The Nazis don't deserve the truth. The Jews, though not Christians, granted, still deserve to live. Yeah. They're image bearers of God. You protect them. And if your only means of protection is a lie, you use it. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Satan, the seed of the serpent, uh, led Eve into sin through a lie, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. I have no problem deceiving the wicked. Mm-hmm. But the ninth commandment says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. So that would be this false propaganda mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But is your question, does the law criminalize that in the Torah? Yeah. Well, I guess so. What, how would it look different if people could... I mean, right now you have people suing Alex Jones for a trillion dollars <laughs> because he had, oh, right, for yeah. whatever reason, one angle... On he the said Sandy Hook. No, didn't he say Sandy Hook? Sandy Hook was a hoax. Yeah, it was staged. There were no kids killed yeah. or whatever. But they're suing him for that. But the mainstream yeah. media can promulgate all their yeah. right. Trump was colluding with Russia. Yeah, their and lies. He wasn't, right. and no one can sue them because oh, they're journalists. Well, that one guy did. Sandman, Nick Sandman. Yeah, yeah. He was labeled yeah. by CNN as a white. Yeah. supremacist racist and sued them for loads yeah. and loads of money yeah but, but I think well I don't know you would have to show that you were personally harmed by yeah well the thing the yeah news. the thing with Alex Jones is just <clears throat> it's all just a clown show over there it is because there was no criminal action actually taken on Alex Jones part right he can uh, have a dumb opinion yeah so bearing false witness at least in the law is like I kill you Greg and I blame it on Caleb mm-hmm. and then I accuse Caleb Caleb did it Caleb killed Greg Caleb murdered him I'm a witness to it but then I didn't know that my neighbor had a doorbell camera and he saw me murder you mm-hmm. and my neighbor who was walking her dog was around the corner and she saw me murder you and I got two witnesses that says Caleb wasn't even here mm-hmm. and I did it so not only did I guilty of murder but bearing false witness and bearing false witness I received the punishment Right, that I was trying to give to Caleb. Mm-hmm. So I get executed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with Alex Jones saying something like, Sandy Hook is a hoax, it never happened. Well, just ignore him? <laughs> like these families yeah. who were quote-unquote traumatized by he didn't he didn't cause a, he didn't commit a crime. Yeah. He didn't accuse anybody of anything. Right. So he made a statement which he thought was fact, which ended up being false. Mm. So he's not bearing false witness mm-hmm. against his neighbor that his neighbor committed the crime. Well, you know, Greg, I burned down your shed, but I blamed it on Caleb. That's mm-hmm. bearing false witness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? But saying your shed didn't really get burned down. Yeah. You go, no, it did. I put my kid, you know, I put my kid in the ground. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, man, you're being a jerk about this, Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. Right. But is there any criminal activity that right. requires restitution? Well, no. Like that. I mean, we, we've dealt with that, right, Greg? Why do we owe restitution for this? Who, 
What mm-hmm. crime did we commit? Who did mm-hmm. we hurt? Mm-hmm. Why are we paying the state money? Like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. Those kinds of things. And the whole system is just messed up. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So then propaganda in, this, the, the, in the media sense that we're talking about is a fire that would just go out. Right. People just ignore it. So it's it. like a retraining of people not mm. necessarily just trusting the elites because of the elites, but actually wanting to know the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's where we've talked a little bit about the spiritual oppression that people don't want to know the truth because there's probably something even greater going on because the truth is right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Gas prices aren't high because there's a war in Ukraine. Gas prices are high because we shut down pipelines mm-hmm. and stopped being right. energy independent. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, I mean, but people don't want to hear it. And so mm-hmm. that's the frustrating part is like, not frustrating, but just what's really going on be- in the realm that we can't see mm-hmm. the spiritual blindness. Kind of like what the college pastor was talking about. Yeah. Oh, uh, Keith. Keith. Keith Darrell. Yeah, he mentioned that him. at the start of his um, yeah. sermon. Yeah. Just there's a spiritual battle going on that. Yeah. Right. Because reason and logic would say this is too easy to. Yeah. And I'm just using energy prices uh-huh. as one thing. I mean, men saying that they're women. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Is that the, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus' yeah. words are apropos. Your father is the devil. And he's been a liar from the beginning. Mm, yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. That That's principalities and powers at work. Right. That's spiritual warfare. Right. People who love the lie. Yep. But yeah, I'm with you. Like, it seems like the the media should, that type of media would, if we as a, a nation were to turn, would probably just not have any kind of platform. People would just be like, wow. Yeah. MSNBC, come on. Yeah. Like, we know that they're, you know, spinners and... They would properly... Hucksters. Yeah. Properly be viewed by society like Alex Jones is viewed. Right. Like. Yep. They would go, oh. Well, he's ridiculous. not always wrong. I mean, the gay right. frogs thing was right. Right. That's that's my... Wait, what? I don't listen to him, but he's not always wrong. He's not always wrong. What's gay? What about the gay frogs? Something was going in the water that was making all the frogs gay. Turn all the frogs gay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Awesome. I don't. I don't. That's all I know. But it turned out to be partially true. Well, everyone was like, "What in the heck? Are you? You're just conspiracy like <laughs> theorists. You're just making things up." And you can Google it. But there was something being added into the water that was changing the biological sex of the frogs. It wasn't making them, you know, homosexual. That was just Alex Jones' flyer on it. They're making the frogs gay. Yeah. Well. Whatever they were adding into the water in this certain... I don't remember the area. Yeah, I don't know. But it was changing the biological sex of the frogs. So he was right. Like, So oh. it was literally cha- changing a male frog to a female frog? Yeah. Huh, interesting. Which is That's just a, a hormone yeah. type thing. And I don't know what's going on today with yeah. hormone Yeah, I don't know. Stuff, but. but male testosterone has fallen off a cliff. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking about my grip strength lately. <laughs> well, yeah, we had our head of home meeting. Oh, boy. I think you both were gone. Yeah, yeah I've missed the last two. It was on headship and sex. You uh-huh. missed it. You missed a good one. Yeah. And we talked about uh, males being men and how the grip strength of the average male today <laughs> is less than the woman from like the 1940s or something like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Too many video games, not enough work. 
Yeah. Or when your job by nature is click, 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 click. click, click. The keyboard's not too strenuous. Yeah, right. Must be providentially God knew that we didn't need to hear that because we weren't there. That's right. Greg, I think I bet you could beat every man in the church in an arm wrestling contest. Show me that little bump on your arm from from painting. (laughs) Greg's got the muscle arm. Painting for how much? It's a Popeye. How many years have you been painting? This has nothing to do with that. With a brush. It's one of these. No, when you're you're doing this, you've got like a whoop. Oh. Yeah. I handle a mean brush. You don't want to tell us how long you've been painting. Oh, uh, 30 years. There you go. Yeah. That's a lot of forearm strength. Yeah, well. You could probably take Doc, I We'll see. Well, we were hauling that furniture tonight. I was about ready to pass out. Really? That wasn't so bad. I know. I don't... It must COVID probably on your lungs still. It could be. Because I did that with me. COVID got me with the uh, getting wood and stuff. I'd carry one tree. I'm like, I need to take a five-minute break. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, I wasn't like this, you know, yep. last year. I could be fighting something. I'll, I'll say I'm fighting something. You're fighting something. Yeah. We're always fighting. You're yeah. fighting a good fight. Yeah. Propaganda right here. <laughs> so did, what, that's what? What? Did you see that um, over on the, on the East Coast, was it Massachusetts or New Jersey, some school over there, some university, they they've been working with the COVID strain and they made it eighty percent lethal. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, that's that's pretty fun. Oh, nice. Why? Go for yeah. it. <laughs> fun. Right. I, li- I like the one that's ninety nine point nine nine percent survivable. But why would you make one eighty percent lethal? Why would you work with it? Well, they say we did it, uh, and the strain that we developed is uh, readily curable or something like that. <sighs> that's frightening. Man, we could totally go off on a side rail on conspiracy theories. On this, so <laughs> we should probably keep. Well, it's not a conspiracy. No, no, it. I'm saying, I'm saying. Well, yeah. never mind. I'm gonna keep no because we don't want to get. Yeah. This is a oh, podcast. Your tinfoil hat. <laughs> yeah, your Stormy Cromer hat. Right. Where's my tinfoil hat at? It's it did cool down in here. I opened the window. It's pretty hot with the wood stove going. But our our perception of the larger reality, our perception of this country uh-huh. of the world only comes through the media mm-hmm. or the source any sources we can gather that'll tell us what's going on we don't know what's going on in, in ukraine it's like you've been but, reading ecclesiastes yeah. it's like shepherding the wind it's like vanity isn't it yeah take it back take it back right now <laughs> i'm so glad you were here for that sermon. <laughs> yeah <clears throat> but if you have liars in all those positions who think by telling lies they're moving their agenda forward? Mm-hmm. You know, then then how do you? If you tell someone a lie enough time, you know, enough times, they eventually believe it. Yeah. I mean, it becomes the truth. It's kind of like new speak and all that kind of stuff that yeah. you hear it so much that it, it just you almost become like, oh, okay, I guess so. Yeah. <clears throat> when it's just, uh, yeah, it's which is frustrating. Yeah. I guess to a large extent, then you you come to realize you don't need to know everything that's going right. on in this country or even in the world. Yep, I found I found on my Google News that I just stick with the local, mm-hmm. you know, which is pretty boring. You use Google News? Well, get out of here. Just get outside. It's like <laughs> it's just it's helpful, and I realize that there's about twenty 
headlines, and they go all the way back to July. Like, well, I've read this story before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing's going on in hell, and it's pretty boring here. I use Citizen Free Press. Our homeless population is rising. That's true. Is it? Yeah, there's a disturbance across the street at the restaurant today with a homeless individual, and four or five cop cars showed up, and I went... I went and see what's going on because I could hear all the ruckus, and I'm at the church by myself, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, homeless populations on the rise here. Yeah. Hmm. Which means crime is going to go up. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because all homeless are criminals. Is that what you're saying? All Cretans are liars, and all homeless are criminals. No, not all homeless are criminals. We had a. Homeless lady who made it safe to her destination, by the way. Oh, good. Everything's good there. She called me. She called me a few times, and one of our deacons she's been in contact with. She went criminal, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. So. so where, where does that blindness come from? Which blindness? The blindness that people can't see, that they, you know just take in mainstream media take in propaganda why do people just absorb propaganda you were saying it's spiritual blindness it's probably spiritual and it's probably just that how our culture we've been conditioned to you see it like in the evangelical world as well that you have to trust the people that have the degrees that have the credentials that have the prestige they must be right because and I think that's starting to sh- I think the cracks are starting to show in that way of thinking a little bit mm-hmm. yeah. in a Christian society that should be true right yeah, so you, you have a doctor of virology in a Christian society we should all go and what do you think about the coronavirus right right and we yep. should all look to that doctor of virology to tell us right yep and because they'll be truthful honest they won't mm-hmm. uh, bear false witness yeah. You know, they're going to say it as it is, but in a society like ours, which has been killing babies for 40 years, marrying the gays, you know, just yeah. just stealing, allowing, legally stealing from neighbors. I mean, we're a wicked, wicked society. Mm-hmm. And then you get somebody in office who has no standard of truth. And the, the only standard seems to be self-preservation. Sure. It's just gonna. There's just gonna be lies all over the place. Yeah. That's that's interesting. You should be able to trust the experts, the doctors. Well, I'd like you to trust me. Yeah. Right. You know, as your minister, as your pastor. Yeah. You, in the same way, you should be able to trust the journalists. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And society cannot. A society is one big relationship, and yes. relationships cannot function without trust. You sound like a teen romance magazine. Yeah. Well, it's true. You cannot have a relationship if there's no trust. Yeah. And what's funny is the implicit trust, the blind trust that people put in liars, like the media or a lot of the COVID experts that are telling them. Well, just experts in general is kind of like... You're saying, yeah, yeah just that <clears throat> climate experts or utilities yeah. experts or I mean guys who deal with coal or natural gas or yeah. solar 
these quote unquote experts in all these fields just uh-huh. oh it's flu season get your flu shot mm-hmm. and the experts say so You're like, well what's in it how'd you make it right. how do you know it works mm-hmm. how come I get it every year and I get sick mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and in, in a society where truth it becomes a pragmatic ends to a means yeah of you know postmodernism or whatever we're becoming or whatever we are that you tell the story you tell the truth to get to an ends that ends right now is the world's falling apart it's going to be burned up there's going to be droughts everywhere and so you have to find Wait, your are truth you a climate change extremist or a dispensational what do you <laughs> both no. <laughs> no. but just like that i think that's part of our you know when you have no objective truth and your truth just becomes a pragmatic way to get to this goal that's how you have the news and then most people don't go outside of well not most but you think about like the last election like wisconsin would have actually turned the other direction but like 70 30 percent of their voters didn't even know about the hunter biden laptop scam because mm-hmm. it wasn't on the news like there's just mm-hmm. like no way to get to yeah. the facts mm-hmm. i think the new i mean the way that people automatically accept the quote-unquote experts we i talked about this quite a bit when covid came around and the health department was like the new high priest. Mm-hmm. This is clean. This is unclean. This is what you can do. This is what you can cannot do. This is what you can touch. This is what you cannot touch. Mm-hmm. You know, like, would, did you just post the plexiglass thing on the mm, yeah, on the head yeah. on the thing? It's like the plexiglass divides you from the cashier, but the cashier touches everything you're bringing home. Yeah, like what? It's a. Yeah. Well, I thought that I thought that was to protect because they were essential workers. But there's, was you to touch everything and put it in your cart. Oh, right, yeah. And you touch everything to put it on the belt. <laughs> Got it. And then they touch everything to put it back in your Got bags. Yeah. And you touch it all to put it back in your cart. And you take yeah. it home. Uh, everybody's touching touch everything. everything, yeah. But the, what I was getting at is it's a new form of paganism. Mm-hmm. It's just the same old paganism. So, okay, to get the, the river Nile to flood this year so we can water our fields, we need to have sacrifices of such and such. It's just pagan magic. Uh-huh. You know, so... It, the Mayans and the Aztecs to get to get the gods to to be pleased so we can have a fertile harvest. We need to sacrifice thirty people. Mm-hmm. It it's a blind paganism that when the priests in office uh, tell you what to do, you, you follow it because it's pagan superstition. Mm-hmm. So the the blind following of science with a capital S is pagan superstition. Sure. The the climate change people who are putting mashed potatoes on Monet. Have you mm-hmm. seen that? No. It's what? blind pagan superstition. Like the artist? Yeah. They're going they went to a museum. Where was that? Probably on in Europe somewhere. So. Yeah, over over there. <laughs> in Western Europe somewhere. Monet, yeah, his paintings. The women have They went and smeared hair. mashed potatoes all over it in protest against climate change. This Are is they a, the actual like is there glass over them or is mm-hmm. it the no. actual painting? Oh, is there glass over it? The one I read about did have Oh glass good. On it. Oh. Jeez. But it's in protest to you know climate change. Well, it, it's pagan superstition that if if you do the right things, you say the right things, you're going to get the right outcome. Mm-hmm. So the universe is a vending machine, and that's just pagan magic. Mm-hmm. And uh, like it's the old superstition where the the world and history is cyclical. And if you deviate from that pattern, if you deviate from the experts who know that pattern, everything's going to fall apart. And Christianity comes in and says, you know, well, no. What I really want you to do, Moses, is to circumcise you and your sons. And you go, what? but you know if I take 
a knife to myself down there, I might not have kids again. Circumcision is faith for the future, essentially. That you're willing to sacrifice yourself for the sake of the next generation. God is the one who brings the future. And when, when Christianity comes into a thing, into an area, nation, country, county, home, Christianity upsets the pagan standards that existed. So you get a bunch of Christians in a society, in a county or wherever, and there's a new COVID vaccine. And all the people who subscribe to pagan mysticism say, well, the experts say we should take it and all five boosters. And the Christians say, what's in that? <laughs> right? Sure. And there's the difference. Uh -huh. Because we don't believe in scientism. We believe in progress by the Holy Spirit. And apart from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives us discernment. And discernment brings the future. The Holy Spirit allows us to navigate so that we can make wise decisions for the future. Mm -hmm. And apart from the Holy Spirit, you end up in the cyclical pattern of ancient paganism, or what we see now, quote-unquote, new paganism, which is just the old thing. <laughs> and, uh, and so when we think about these things, because we all know the generation before us, or even people our own age, who just blindly follow these things. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, why don't you question your doctor? Why mm -hmm. don't you get a second opinion on that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just on, well, you know, on the news I heard, well, is that the only thing you heard? Yeah. And it seems like Christians are the only ones pushing back against this kind of thing. And I think it's twofold. We have the Holy Spirit, of course. And apart from the Holy Spirit, you're insane. You can quote me on that. <laughs> well, apart from the Holy Spirit, you murder your babies. Yeah. Apart from the Holy Spirit, boys can be girls and girls can be boys. Apart from the Holy Spirit, two men can get married. You know, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. apart from the Holy Spirit, me driving my car to work is going to melt the polar ice caps and kill the polar bears. You know, like, sure. Um, so we have the Holy Spirit. We have discernment, which is a gift of God, and because God is present with us, we know the true path to the future is always change. That's just how God functions in history. He's always moving it forward. God never works in circles. He always works, I guess we would say, in spirals. How much more of a change forward could you get than a man becoming a woman? That's a huge change. No, that's... Isn't that progress? No, that stuff's been happening, I think, for centuries. There's always been third gender and like, pagan tribalism. Sure, like Native Americans have similar similar type yeah. stories of. I'm uh, a little bit above. Well, think of or, just quote unquote the pagan shaman. He doesn't fit a category. He's not man. He's not woman. He's mystic. He's in between the two. Right? He's always a third category of being. Is that like clergy? Yep. <laughs> That's right. That's why I wear the collar. <laughs> Dang it, Greg! You just derailed my Rich Bledsoe rant. No, but well, I I would interject. If you want to understand the psychosis of our times, you should listen to a guy like Richard Bledsoe mm -hmm. on Canon Plus, or on the Theopolis podcast, or mm -hmm. or WordMP3.com. Very astute in his understanding of the way that cultures work. Yep, and it I don't I have a hard time describing it. But it's almost like 
you're in a class with him and he's got this animal on the table and he's just dissecting this idea and just pulling it apart. You're talking about Bledsoe? Yes. And that's kind of his talks. Is it just pulling it apart and, oh, look at this. And what about this? Oh, isn't that interesting how that works? And notice how all this ties together where it's not what we're used to if I'm if this makes sense you know it's not a okay this is how this is justification and then it's this five point three point whatever oh yeah it's just interesting and it does help see what's going on yeah so what so what do you mean by God works in spirals what? I have food in my mouth okay um God doesn't work in circles, but he works in patterns. Okay. And each, each time the pattern's repeated, there's similarities and differences that move into the future. So we call it typology in the Bible. Okay. So when you see something that's typological or a pattern that's repeated, it's never the same. It's the same, but it's always different. So think about, for example... When you're reading in Genesis all the way through to Revelation, all the stories of redemption that involve head crushings, the pattern's the same. It's always a woman who crushes the head of someone who's wicked. Mm. Right? So can you guys think of any? Oh, jail. Jail. The spike through the head. Yeah, the tent peg through the head to the temple of Sisera. There's a woman who throws a millstone down Mm. and crushes the head of the... Where's he the king of? Was it Abimelech? No. Oh, it might have been. I don't know. Anyway. And David and Goliath. David crushes Goliath's head before he chops it off. He wasn't a woman. He wasn't a woman. Yeah, it's what her... Well, there, counts. Seed of the woman. Oh. But that's what I mean. There's uh, these patterns all through mm-hmm. scripture, which are typological. Well, even... So, even in the typology, the head crushing... You think about the weapons that are employed in the crushing of the head. A tent peg, a millstone. Um, The thing that beats the enemy there are um, tools of labor. David, he crushes uh, Goliath's head with a stone. Just something you pick up off the ground. And then he uses Goliath's own sword to cut off his head. Like David is pretty much weaponless. Anyway, you follow these things throughout Scripture, and they're repeated patterns, but and they're the same, but they're never duplicates. And in paganism, it's always a duplicate. Last year, we sacrificed 30 virgins, and we got the rain we needed. This year, what are we going to do? We're going to sacrifice 30 virgins to get the rain we need. Right? It's always cyclical in that way, where God works in patterns, and patterns that always move forward. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Do you have another example or anything, Greg, you want to... Not another example, but when you look at all the prophecies in Scripture that point, for instance, to 70 AD, then you see the patterns that the authors are drawing on to point forward, or Christ, to point forward to this is what it's going to be like, because we see how the Father moves in history, and this is what he does. Yeah, so even, even that with Jesus and... Uh, the gospel narratives. You you go to Genesis, and Abram and Isaac and Jacob all endure famines and have to go to Egypt. And out of Egypt, they all have an exodus where pharaohs are cursed, or Abimelech is cursed, and, and Gerar. 
and they, they leave those places of tyranny with spoils. That's just the Exodus story, right? And there's Exodus stories all throughout the Bible. And then you get to Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, and he's on the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses and Elijah there, and he tells the disciples, uh, I can't remain up here because I'm about to uh, work the greatest exodus. And his exodus is when, in the tyranny of the devil, he overcomes him, plunders him, right? he binds the strong man, and empties his house of all his treasure, which is us, right? and establishes his own kingdom which is what Abraham did, Isaac, Jacob, the Hebrews, the Israelites out of Egypt in the book of Exodus. And Jesus takes that pattern in his life, which is a pattern. It's not a duplicate, but he takes it, repeats it, and magnifies it for the future. And that's what all of them do. So that's what God does in history. So we can have certain expectations about what God will do, mm-hmm. like you were saying, Greg. We're, well, it's different now. We have machine guns. <laughs> you know, like... We're not fighting with spears here, but God works in patterns uh, which mimic the past but always move the future forward. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean. Yeah. And now Christ has finished his work. Revelation has ended. We have the full revelation, so we should be able to move forward right. as mature Sons of participants right. in the kingdom and see, looking forward, ah... Uh, I see, maybe not perfectly clearly, but applying our wisdom to say, oh, God's going to do something here mm-hmm. because we know how the Father works. Right. right. He's revealed how so he's you, going to work. Some of that pattern, too, I guess, would you say, kind of like I'm thinking about um, our deacon's prayer on Sunday, which was really, really good in the sense that it's like repentance starts in the house of the Lord, like judgment starts there just like it started with israel yeah and then what the fruit that comes out of that because we're kind of tying this all back into the blindness how do we Mm -hmm. how do we not see through these things Mm -hmm. and is it god just turning us over to our the church as well like to their own the church at large a church at large yeah i would assume so because of the patterns because of the patterns and i think part of what we see in the church in america is what God chastised Israel for doing. You know, you grew fat and you kicked. You know, Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You thought all this stuff came about by your own might. Look at the hardworking, patriotic Americans. Look what we built. Look what we did. Yeah. We're the world police. We're going to make sure communism doesn't spread in Vietnam. We're going to go to Korea. We're going to do, the, you know, we're going to go to Afghanistan. We're going to do this. Greatest generation. We're the greatest generation who ever lived. Uh, and all these things, you know, and America certainly is indeed great in the history of the world for the things that we've accomplished. But it, it's the recognition of doing it apart from the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Right? And God says, oh, you, you think you're good, are you? Well, here, let's see what you do when I send a virus your way that's 99.9% survivable. <laughs> and we go, ah, toilet paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, ah, we, we're, call, we're calling the police and our neighbors who have six people at their house. Yeah. Great, you know, what a great nation we are. Yeah. Or uh, how, are you, how are you all going to survive with inflation? You guys think you're so, you know. And uh, the things that we're dealing with, we've built, we don't call them Baal. We don't call them Asherah. But we have our idols. Sure. And God's lifting all of them up 
and showing them before our eyes. And he's like, you smash them or I'm going to smash you. <laughs> right. And that's the thing with COVID. It's such a great revealer of hearts. Mm-hmm. Because when COVID came and all the restrictions came down, what did your church do? What they continue to do. Sure. Right? It's a great revealer of hearts. Where's an idol? And where does it need to be smashed? Yeah. And that's the same thing that's happened in, in our fathers and mothers' past in Israel all and down through history. So Yeah. Yeah, our, one of our highest prophets of Baal, Biden, just got his booster for the Omicron wave was, that's going to come. It was just saline. <laughs> it wasn't. Or it was one of those movie needles that just kind of retracts into yeah. the tube. Because he, he, what was he, like quadruple shots, but he's still got COVID. Oh, yeah. And what? now he's getting this booster, which he had to delay because he, he had COVID previously. <laughs> oh, just and that's, the that's the insanity. In our great, yeah. in our high priest, Fauci, I am the science. Yeah. Right? Hmm. And I, probably the, the blindness is a judgment sent by God. But as in most things, God's sovereign, but man's responsible. I think people put themselves in blindness by turning from God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if you remove yourself from the influence of the Holy Spirit within the church or in Scripture, then that's the blindness you bring on yourself, which is from God. Sure. Well, if any of our... Students from our, our Fairhavens co-op, listen right now. They will correct you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Oh. Ignorant fools despise, despise discipline, wisdom and discipline. Yeah, <laughs> in the, in the Hebrew. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your, Hebrew, your English translation is right on that one. But this reminds me of uh, our previous episode. On O Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh. Everyone's making excuses. Everett McGill yeah. is making rationalistic, scientific, evolutionary excuses for mm-hmm. everything until there's a cow on the roof. Right. Mm-hmm. Explain that one away. Yeah. Explain the cow on the roof. Yeah. So. I think that's what I was kind of saying in reference to the prayer on Sunday was just we're ashamed starting in the very first chapter yeah. of the Bible. That was hard hitting. Oh. Yeah. Do you want to explain that to our... Oh, well, I'm just saying that's how the church operates and functions. You believe in a literal seven-day creation or six-day creation, seven-day, seven-day rested. Like you're considered a a nut job, a nut job, an old-fashioned. Oh, you don't you don't believe that. You're not you don't you don't believe in science. You know and that's yeah. majority. I mean, a big part of the church is slowly drifting that direction. Yeah. So when, when churches Christians give up Genesis one, we give up the whole thing. Give it all up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think it was John Frame. Somebody could probably correct me, but I think it was John Frame. Somebody asked him, hey, I'm looking to go to a good conservative seminary. Do you have any recommendations? And he said, any of them that believe in six-day creation. Hmm. 24-hour day. Hmm. Because if, if, they hold, if they hold that line on biblical interpretation, then you know they're going to believe the rest of the Bible. Yeah. I was like, that's actually really good. <laughs> it's interesting because for a while he was at Westminster West. Now you maybe it wasn't John Fran. No, no, it probably was. Hmm. 
now he's like reform or maybe he's retired now and that's a big thing in the CRC we have a memorial on it so every church or pastor that comes in we has, has to hold to that yeah real six days sweet yep. the ordinary 24 hour day hmm hmm yep yep and I wonder if uh um you know like in Romans 1 where God turns us over to our sins what lies were we telling in the past that now he's turned us over to believing lies Disney <laughs> follow your heart don't listen to your parents and it, like in in scripture and judges or you know you turn a page and there goes five, 500 years or whatever not that many but yeah. there's a goes there goes a there goes a generation or two yes <laughs> yeah not that many but you know you wonder how far back we started telling lies to ourselves well, right now we're living half a page. Yeah. Of judges. Yeah. Yeah. And we might have Moabites over us for 70 years. Yeah. But we kind of do, actually, right now. Yeah. And yeah. They're, they're, stealing, they're stealing from us, and we might end up in a wine vat to yeah. feed our families. Yeah. Hmm. Well, well I, I came in late to the propaganda discussion while I was getting your guys' hot water ready for your tea. So is there... Anything else you guys want to say to this? Um, well, maybe yeah. for our, our patrons with our tinfoil hat. <laughs> Got to put those on next. Sorry, go <laughs> well, we're, we're, going. we're closing yeah. in on an hour. So. That well, just speaking of patron patrons or Patreon, yeah, that just good. irritates me to no end. But if you if you want to send money, you know, ten twenty dollars a month, you know. Just to pay our expenses, and we'll give you more content. Yeah. Oh, you get the same content. But you, you can get. We're not making extra content. We're too busy. But you can send us money if you want. There's our Patreon. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, please don't send money. No. Well. <laughs> send news. Send. No, more like green tea. Green tea. Yeah. And some sachets. My daughter has the app on her phone where if you scan the barcode, it'll tell you the quality of the product, like 100% or 50%. By whose standards? By the app standard. By the experts. Experts. Mm -hmm. Trust them. Yeah. Green tea is 100%. Who's green tea? Oh, good for you? This is Paul Newman's green (sighs) tea. Yeah. It makes makes me feel weird. Oh, really? Yep. I've just never been able to do the green tea. Hmm. You got the cinnamon sachet. Yep. I'm just drinking. Give me a black tea. I'm just drinking water and bullet. Bullet. Give me back my bullet. Frontier whiskey. Is that what Leonard Skinner was talking about? Uh, Give me back my bullet. I don't think I know that. He must have been. I mean, they. I'm now gonna have to listen to it. Leonard Skinner was a band. (laughs) Yeah. So they must have been. Yeah. Okay, we're getting sidetracked. Favorite favorite band, Greg. Go. Since we don't have a favorite, oh my goodness! It used to be U two, but not so much anymore. Mm. Old U two, like Joshua Tree. Oh, definitely. That was that was a great album. Oh, great. we could do favorite album. Oh, Would Joshua Tree well, be up there? That was. Um, boy, you sprung that on me. I know, because I want you to say something like, where every Christian's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn Manson, really, Greg? Maybe we'll just keep going around the table while we think. My, 
Joshua Tree was one of my one of the top albums of all time. That's that even a good album. that even popped up in the banner as oh they were singing its praises. U uh, two came on when Jude and I went to go logging wood, and I just oh. put all the windows down and cranked it up really loud within the suburban with the Bose speakers. Oh, and I was just yeah. singing it. Yeah, and he's looking at me like I'm a fool, but I was okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. We, oh, sing you, we sing you too loud. I've sung to Joshua Tree. That's good. Yeah. What were you, Caleb? Probably right. something obscure. No. Where, ska, where they strum up instead of down? <laughs> Maybe a few horns? No, I, you know. Five Iron Frenzy? Hard to say, favorite band. I, MXPS. Something I could always listen to, like, at any time. Like, I could, if it comes on, I could always listen to it. I, probably, like, Old John Prine. I like John Prine. Just good old funny yeah, singer Everyone who's listening to this is Googling John Prine. How do you spell Prine? P-R-I-N-E. P-R-I-N-E. He's a mailman from Chicago. Hmm. But, uh, Did he get shot? No, he, he died of COVID. Oh, COVID got him. He was... a bummer. Well, he smoked a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> oh. That's why he could sing so well. Yeah. Probably, probably a little liberal in his later days, but he was fun in his early days. I just... Kind of Americana, country, folk, well, all of it together. Yeah. You? Oh, goodness. My musical tastes are quite eclectic. Yeah. I don't know. I like everything from, like, Everclear to Chris Stapleton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, I love tons of music. Yeah, yeah that's why it's hard to say. Favorite. It is really hard to pick yeah. it down. I to, have yeah. a new appreciation for Steve Perry, Journey. But Journey's hits, not their albums. Right, like Don't right. Stop yeah. Believing. Exactly. <laughs> Spotify is great for that because it's yeah. like at the top five and it's like, these are all great. And then yeah. it goes to six and you're like, this sucks. You're like yeah. some obscure, yeah. like, that's yeah. on the album? Yeah. yeah. The yeah. albums yeah. are terrible, but their hits are great. Yeah. Yeah. And just the ability to sing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I like tons of stuff. It's just hard for me to narrow it down. Yeah. But if it, there's pretty much listen, someone in every it, genre that I can listen, listen to, to it at yeah. any time, because some stuff, oh. some some stuff seasonal. Like. Sad music. I like Coulter Wall. I could probably listen to him oh, any Coulter time. Wall's pretty good. Just put an album in for Coulter Wall, and I'm I'm satisfied. I'm emotionally satisfied. Yeah. That's kind of a cop out, but George Strait. Yeah. It's, I mean, he had all. Uh, Innumerable. This is just propaganda for country music. Good country music, though. Waylon Jennings. I like Waylon Jennings. I like some of that outlaw country. Mm -hmm. Mm. I listen to Merle Haggard, and you would. That's fun. Yeah, and some of the themes that come out of that, like I don't want welfare. I want to work for what's mine. You know, that's right. Maybe we should do an episode on music. Yeah. You think you really didn't smoke marijuana in Muskogee, though? I mean, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) With a name like Merle Haggard. Pretty sure Merle Haggard was lightened up. He may not have been wearing Birkenstocks, but he was probably... All those outlaw country guys. He was probably passing the marijuana stuff. That's what he was implying. Was it Willie Nelson? (laughs) Just pass it along. Just give it to Willie. Roll me up and... Roll me up and smoke me when I die. That's <laughs> one of his songs. Oh, goodness. But didn't, uh, who's the lead singer for the Rolling Stones? Mick Jagger? Uh-huh. Uh, he, uh, it might be apocryphal, but I'm pretty sure he took his father's ashes and mixed and cut it with cocaine and snorted it. Oh. 
Is that what you're talking about? Roll me up and smoke me when I'm there. No, yeah. Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson's, yeah. Well, I know, but uh, Mick Jagger. <laughs> oh. It might be apocryphal. Uh, There's oh, apocryphal man. stories about Mick Jagger and David Bowie. Yeah. I just remember David Bowie from The Labyrinth. Mm. Do you remember that movie? <laughs> uh-huh. Did you really need to wear pants like that? Because I can see your... <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing. When <laughs> you, great. we went to Symphony Under the Stars. You were there. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, nice. Elton, oh, yeah. John, Elton John and Billy Joel. Yeah. And you don't appreciate their music when you're listening to it on the radio, but right. sitting there, it's like this is incredible music. Right. And when yeah, some of these guys know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, Billy Billy Joel was very good. Elton John too. I mean, they're both kings of pop, man. Like they just. What was that Italian restaurant song? By Bill? Italian. Oh, They're not from Italy, Greg. Italian. They're from Italian. Italy. Italian. You're such a racist. But it's your white. Yeah, what was that song called? <laughs> European <laughs> Brothers. Maybe maybe it's just Italian song restaurant. Song from an Italian restaurant? Yeah. Ooh. I was like, that's a, that's a great song. Have you guys yeah. seen the movie Dinner Rush? No, but no. we know it's one of your favorites. Yeah. So. We'll have to watch it. Speaking yeah. about an Italian restaurant. We'll have to put it on our, our so list. Our list. It's a good movie, yeah. Well, well, there you have it. So any okay, so not all propaganda is bad, because right. we're Christians and we we produce a lot of propaganda for Jesus. Yeah, but yeah, specifically speaking of wicked propaganda. Yeah, be discerning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seek mature, wise counsel. Any any other? And don't tidbits of info. Now that I'm at the end of this, don't run to the government to outlaw everything you don't like. Just right. don't listen to it. Teach other people not to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Greg, you're such a rebel. There's probably a good country song about this. <laughs> probably something by Waylon Jennings. Probably something about it being a rebel. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for listening to our open wine number. You guys have a six. guess on... Really? <laughs> only six? I don't know. Seven? Open wine. Let's do seven. Let's seven, do seven. Seven, seven. That's a good number. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Open wine, seven. Uh, trust God. Love your neighbor. Have babies. Love your wife. Anything else you want to say? Drink bullet. Drink bullet. Life is vapor. Shepherd the wind and enjoy it. That's right. mm-hmm. There we go. All right. Thank you for listening for the to the Stories for Glory podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Proverbs 25.2 It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Thank you for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast where the glory of God is revealed in the stories of man. If you're interested in what we are doing, subscribe and share. If you'd like to contribute with your questions or recommendations, you can email us at storiesforglory at protonmail.com.